We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome to Roto Grinders today. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender Ed. Blender HD. You're going to follow me on Twitter. And it's Friday, October 13th. Oh, it's the Friday the 13th, the unluckiest day of the year. And we'll be talking about the NFL Week Six Sunday slate on DraftKings. I guess we could touch on FanDuel. The pricing is a little bit different. Uh, GPP strategy, large field, small field, game stacks, team stacks, ownership, game theory, and everything in between. Hit that thumbs up button on your way in the door. You know, I like the thummy thumbs. Give me the thummy thumbs. Hit the subscribe button if you're new here. Hit the notification bell to know when we go live. It's Friday, so we got John Breslin, Scar Patrol, GPP extraordinaire, the co-host of the Solo Ship Show with JM to win. That will come out a little later today. Also, MMA stuff. Uh, you got NBA is coming back. I mean... Uh, you're all over the premium content here. So if click on that link in the description, get $10 off your first month uh, and uh, and be able to, to take in the Squirrel Patrol's takes. Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I, I'm singing your praises. You're, you're typically very, very humble. John, you're the only one on, when you're on crunch time for like MLB or NBA, like, like I, I say this all the time that like Roth has to bring up to you that you won a hundred thousand dollars last night and you don't tell anyone. Yeah, yeah. We've even we've had shows where I've like won the morning sleep while I'm on the show. And they're like, like you're not even watching this. But I, I kind of am on my phone when you're like when you see me like going like this, kind of looking down, that generally means I'm looking at something on my phone. <laughs> um, which you'll see a lot of times like at, at like six fifty five or whatever, you know, whenever 
uh, like the MMA slate, you know, two minutes beforehand, started like looking down. Is there any anything overlaying? Uh, but yeah, um, yeah, glad to glad to be here. We've got a kind of a weird NFL slate. Um, it actually reminds me a little bit of an NBA slate because I think there's going to be a lot of injury news, and there, there's so much injury news floating around right now that like we, it, it wouldn't surprise me if there's like stuff still popping up around like eleven o'clock uh, or noon on on Sunday. Also, it makes it a bit of a weird slate. The totals on this slate are low, or I mean, like, like we got, we got. I mean, obviously that 49ers Browns game with PJ Walker starting at quarterback. I mean, that's like a thirty-five and a half total. I mean, when when you're looking at a forty-seven and a half total as like, oh, juicy! This is the juicy game of the week. Uh, we'll be talking about game stacks and team stacks and games to target, games that may be overowned, underowned. Uh, your your general approach on on a slate where the totals are lower, are you more or less inclined? There are two, there are basically two kind of opposite sides of thought, right? Strategically, of on a low total slate with a lot of low totals, some people would say, well, it the chances of any of the games like shooting out is much lower. So I'm less inclined. I'm looking for the best pieces, right? I'm less inclined to, to build these like five man, six man game stacks or something overboard onslaughts. And then you have the other side of the spectrum of, well, with so many games that are unlikely to shoot out, if one of them does, it'll overperform like almost every other game. So it's almost more will you're more willing to just take a shot on a game, which, which side of the spectrum tend you tend to be on? I'm way more on the latter side that when you've got a bunch of games that are like clumped together and it reminds me of baseball, right? Like, cause sometimes you have course field slates and it's like, Oh, it seems got like an eight implied run total. Um, everybody's just going to stack this team, but like you have the non course field slates where like, Oh, everybody's got like an implied run total of like four and a half. Like how can we possibly stack? Oh, this is a great slate not to stack. Like, no, that's a great slate to stack because one of those games is going to go way past its total. And you've got a lot of people that are like not stacking on the slate because when you run like the optimal lineups, you're getting like one hitter from each team. Or like if you run optimal lineups, like for the NFL slate, you know, you may get a bunch of like players from different games, different teams, because everything's got about the same like total. But like, no, no, no. Like one of these, one of these games is going to go way over its total. So like, that's the game you're trying to capture. The, the difficult thing is finding out which, which game that is. Although I will say that, like, in some ways, this is a little bit of like a mixed course field slate because, like, the, I, I look at like implied point totals more than game totals, I'd say. Um, and the Dolphins right. are like crushing everybody. Like, they're the only right. ones about 30. So, so let, let, let's talk about that. If anyone has any questions, feel free to post them in the YouTube chat. Obviously, hit that thumbs up button, hit the like button. So, let, let, let's, let's, let's start off. I have the Roto Grinders. The current Roto Grinders uh, NFL projections, as well as ownership, loaded into lineup HQ. You could obviously get this if you're a premium member. And uh, let's 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 start off. Let's start off with Miami. Uh, I ran lineups this morning, so basically I just I ran 300 lineups. You know, with a whole mess of different quarterbacks and different stacks and everything, just to see, like, from the mean perspective, not the ceiling, but just the mean perspective, what are the higher projected lineups. And then compared it also to ownership. So it's a matter of, okay, high projection, high ownership, high projection, low ownership, low projection, low ownership, stuff like that. Uh, in the runs that that I've had, uh, the Miami game, uh, I get a lot of Mostert. 
right? I get a lot of Tyreek Hill as a one-off, but I really don't get a lot of Tua stats. From a ceiling perspective, do you think that uh, we have Mostert's ownership at 13.99? I think that's going to end up being higher. He's 6,400. I know like Jeff Wilson may come off the, the IR and his projection will obviously go up if Wilson isn't active. Uh, do you think that from a mean perspective, like Tua doesn't look great, but the Dolphins have such a higher implied total than so many teams. Are you willing to take a shot on like a Tua plus Hill or Tua plus Waddle type of stack, even though the mean projection may be just a, slightly lower than other lineups. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm actually the yellow dot there that's got Jeff Wilson tag. Uh because I I think that's going to be an interesting thing. I, you know, we'll get like Friday practice reports come out generally, you know, Friday afternoon. Uh that we'll see if there's any like any, any verbiage about, you know, how he's going to be used, you know, was he practicing stuff like that. Uh, but I think Wilson's kind of a, a sneaky play. So there's there's an NFL season that haunts me. It's the 2019 NFL season. I've, I've talked about this like sometimes on shows before. That was the season where you had like Lamar Jackson just like broke out and like just started crushing slates. Christian McCaffrey like started the year priced at like eight thousand, and then like he was putting up like forty points a game for Carolina. And then Michael Thomas like absolutely broke the wide receiver position. And like when you were doing content that year, it was really difficult because like you're you're trying to like name your like top four quarterbacks, top three running backs or whatever. But it was like, no, you just play like Lamar Jackson, Christian McCaffrey, and Michael Thomas. Every slate, just lock button them. Like you would have been much better at the end of the year having done that and just try to find anybody else to like fill in that lineup. Uh, and, and you would have done like much better than like trying to pick, you know, trying to, oh, those, those guys are too expensive. So I'm going to try to figure something else out. I think this year might be like that, but with like the Miami Dolphins, where we're like, at the end of the year, you're going to look back and just say, well, I should have just played 150 Dolphin stacks every single week and that you would have been more profitable than like looking at the dynamics of that particular week and like figuring out the injury situations for that particular week. Like maybe we should just all play Dolphins the rest of the year. Cause I think what they're doing is like transformative in the NFL, like in terms of offense, it's different than like what other people have seen before. Like maybe we should just be all be playing Dolphins. Cause they're kind of playing. I mean, it feels like when I see their games on red zone, that it feels like college football games. I mean, I've I've been I've been doing college football props the past three weeks with sports betting open in Kentucky, and I take a look at like the 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 dynamics of how these teams play. Now, obviously, they play with kind of different formations. They have option offenses, but it's like the ability for one team to get down the field in like fifty eight seconds is so much more prevalent in college football than it is in the NFL. So when I feel like I'm watching Dolphins games, I feel like Oh, they got the ball on their own 25-yard line. They could score in a minute from anywhere on the field, and they may do that two or three times a game. And those big plays are just like DFS gold because you get all those points, and it's very likely that they're also it, not much time has come off the clock, and they're going to get the ball back. Yeah. In, so, like, I don't, I don't know a ton about college football, but I've always gotten the impression that there was like lopsided scores are basically due to physical mismatches, right? Like you have one team that's basically all NFL players, you know, going to be all NFL players next year. And they're playing like my alma maters or whatever, you know, and it's just a bunch of regular guys and they're just running up and down the field. Right. But that's the dolphins. They're like, they've got these like incredible physical mismatches in the NFL. Like they have some of the fastest people in the world. It's just on their football team, just running down the field 
like, what do you like? Well, nobody can catch them, you know. <laughs> and and I I think like NFL teams have like been building these like offenses where like okay, we're gonna have the really fast guy, but we also want to have the big bodied wide receiver that you know is an end zone mismatch, you know, red zone mismatch, and we want to have you know the running back that's like this. But, like the Dolphins are just like no, we're just gonna get the fastest human beings in the world. We're gonna give them the football, and they're gonna run past everybody. And I don't think like the NFL knows how to adjust to that. Well, let's talk about another game. I have on my list in running lineups. This game up, this came up high in projection. I think the ownership will kind of come with it as well. It's the second highest team total on the slate, and that's the the Cardinals Rams game. Uh, I I have uh, both sides of the game. So in running lineups, even comparing with ownership, I got Stafford stacks. I also have Dobbs stacks, and the Dobbs stack is that that what we talked about the past couple of weeks. Dobbs plus Marquise Brown plus Zach Ertz, and on the Stafford side, it's a little bit more expensive. But I'm not sure if you're necessarily playing a 9K Cup and 8K Puka Nakua together. It seems to me it's like a very similar dynamic to the the Dolphins with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, right? With like, like they're they're both really priced up, and you'd rather just one guy shatter the slate. Uh, I don't mind mixing in a 4K Higby, but what what are your thoughts on the 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 game stack? I mean, you could you you could do a Dob stack and run it back with Kyron Williams, even at 6,500. We even have like uh, Amari Demarcado with Connor out on the IR at 4,900, and he can catch a couple of balls out of the backfield as well. So we have the you know I lo- I always love playing running backs that are like under 5,500, under 5K that have, you know, pass catching upside. I mean, Arizona has a 20.75 implied team total. I mean, for the context of the slate, that isn't that isn't the lowest of the low. Uh, obviously, you know, the Dolphins are the Dolphins, but the Rams typically play fast. Uh, the Cardinals don't look horrible. Uh, what, 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 what's your dynamic? Are you more likely or less likely to play this game? Yeah, it, it, that's a difficult decision. I think whether you want to be overweight or underweight this game, I think this this game might have like the highest cumulative ownership, I think, on this league. Like, I think the Rams are going to be very, very popular. Because, um, like I said, I was talking about Miami, and like you get, you, we get fantasy points for like running up and down the field, getting yardage and touchdowns. We also get fantasy points for receptions. Um, and like the Rams are like piling for receptions, um, Cooper Cup and, and Puka. Um, and then you do have you, you have Tutu that's you know would occasionally get a long touchdown, um, and then they have like a concentrated backfield and in Kyron Williams, um, he's maybe not getting as much passing work as he was earlier in the season, um, but you know I think you know, if Kyron Williams ends up with like three touchdowns or something or two touchdowns, like that's definitely possible because they're giving him so much work out of the backfield, uh, and that would be taking away from Cooper Cup, who I think is going to be one of the higher owned guys on the slate. Um, it, it's difficult. I, I feel like this might be a better game for cash games, if that makes sense. Like, I'm and like Marquise Brown, I think, is well priced, but I also I think people are starting to catch on to Arizona being better than we expected. And I think the backfield, like, the, they're gonna have a low priced running back or maybe two low priced running backs. Like, I think they're gonna be pretty highly owned as well. Uh, so it's not a game that I can like say a lot of bad things about, but it's also a game that I think might see very, very high ownership. Um, and I do so want to see. Like, so, basically the, you're, so basically your concern is that, that at the ownership, you may actually get 
points at all these players that you're not like upset with, but your concern is the in the ceiling of like if Cooper Cup puts up like 27 points at 9K, like that's that's I mean it's a lot of points, but it's it's fadeable. If Kyron Williams puts up 18 points, it's you're you're fine with it. It could be in the winning GPP lineup. Marquise Brown could put up 18 points or Puka could put up 20 points and Zach Ertz could have his 11 points. Like you just feel that these guys are much more likely to hit their means, but it may not be the game where it's like, yeah, it's fine to have, but you're not sure how many flame. Emo- they won't be many snowflakes, but they may not be many flame. Emo- yeah, exactly. Like Cooper cup needs a lot of points to, to pay off that salary. So he might put up an, an amount of points that like doesn't kill you if you're finding like a lot of points from the lower price guys on your roster. Uh, but he's not necessarily going to win you a tournament either because he's taking up a lot of salary. Uh, so like, I, I kind of have a neutral stance on this game. Um, I might, if it sees like, like kind of outsized ownership, I might end up under the field. I'm not going to like aim to be under the field on this game. It's just uh like, I think it could see very high ownership. And I do, like, I, I don't really know how to parse out the, the running back situation. So I think they have Emery DeMarcado. DeMarcado, they have Keontae Ingram also. Yeah. So we kind of got to see how that shakes out. And that, that strikes me as one of the situations where we really don't have any idea. And it could, all indications could be it's going to be one guy leading into game time and they just the game starts and the other guy's getting all the, the carries. Um and like both guys are really cheap, so like if one of them ends up getting all the work, that could be a slate breaker. Uh, but we we just have no idea how it's going to shake out. And even like even with a coach speak or whatever, isn't something I'm necessarily going to trust. Okay, so what games? What what is the game that you're you are targeting? So I mean, the beyond the Miami game, um, we also we have some weather situations uh, in, on this slate. So it looks like there could be some pretty high wind, uh, particularly in the Midwest. I think like Chicago uh, and the Chicago, Minnesota and Cleveland, San Francisco game, like not that Cleveland was necessarily going to do a lot anyway, but I think the total in the, the Miami Chicago game has been dropping. Um, yeah. The Minnesota, the Minnesota Chicago game, I think opened at 47 and a half or four, even 48 and a half. It's now down to 43 and a half. This game is going to have some, chalkier pieces in it because Justin Jefferson is out the running back situation for for Chicago I mean Roshan Johnson is in the concussion protocol and as I've said multiple weeks we have not yet seen a player enter the concussion protocol and still play the following week so we have Roshan Johnson in the projections currently as questionable but they re-signed Deonta Foreman and like Travis Homer is is banged up. I mean, like Blazing game is really a fullback, so it's like like he's not really a runner. Uh, especially, I mean, regardless if if Roshan Johnson doesn't play, Deonta Foreman will get some ownership, and if he does play, Roshan Johnson will get ownership. We got Addison and Osborne; they're going to be owned, right? DJ Moore's coming off a of a of a huge game. People want to play TJ Hawkinson at sixty six hundred, and. Is very expensive at tight end. Uh, are you to me? This, this is the game because the total keeps on coming down. I think people look at fields and they go upside, 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 right? You just do the fields more commit route, like the like typical. And then people look and go, Well, Addison and Osborne are cheap. Why don't I just play Kirk Cousins? I, I almost feel like the ownership of this game ends up 
fairly similar to the Rams Cardinals game, but do you do you see otherwise? Do you think that the pricing of this game, like while in the other game you have nine K Cup and sixty five hundred dollar Kyron Williams and stuff like that, that you're fine eating a little bit of the ownership here because look how cheap these guys are. I'm probably going to be under the field on this game. Uh, I hope this. Oh, so you're not. So you're not target. I, okay, I was. I was under the impression that it's like, oh, here's the game to target, and then you're like, yeah, here's the game, and I'm not targeting it. But I mean, yeah, no, sorry. Do you, do you do, basically do you agree with me the fact that uh, you think it's going to be overowned? Yeah, I think it'll be overowned. I I have like almost no interest in Chicago Bears running backs this year. Like Justin Fields just doesn't pass the running back, and he gets the rushing yards instead of the running backs. Like I, I'm trying to think of the last time I was sorry I didn't play a Chicago Bears running back. Uh, and Foreman, yeah, I agree. I think Foreman might be end up being the guy like last man standing in the backfield. And he's like he's six thousand on Fanduel. Like that's higher priced than like a lot of running backs that are have been starting all year and and should get ample opportunity. Um, and you know he is he's cheaper on DraftKings, but on DraftKings we might have other cheap running backs that are in a better spot. Um, I think if this, if the weather concerns and wind concerns end up coming like to, into play, like I, I think I'll be very under the field on this game. Um, I don't know that I really want to be playing like Jordan Addison and KJ Osborne when there's no Justin Jefferson, and now they're going to be like the focus of the of the defense. Um, Addison would probably be the guy I'm like more leaning towards, but um, actually, like probably TJ Hawkinson would be the guy I'm most interested in because he fills that like bleak tight end position. Uh, but it, yeah, if there's wind and this game's going to see a high ownership, like I'll, I'll easily go anywhere else. Okay, so how about how about a game that? Well, let me clarify that you are tar- that you are targeting. <laughs> um, I think maybe the New Orleans Houston game. Um, I think it's got that's got some underpriced pieces. Um, I you know I like the idea of playing. I think Alvin Kamara will be popular, but I think he's he's going to get some receptions and he's the main guy in the backfield in in New Orleans. Um, Houston, you know, has a, a run run defense that you can you can score some points on. Um, I think like the Houston wide receivers as bringbacks have been too cheap all season. Like Nico Collins, Robert Woods. Like, I think I put Robert Woods as, as a tag as a and he's really just a value tag. Like he's way too cheap on both sites. And I, I don't usually like tag guys like that. But I, get, I mean, if you we might not have like a bunch of of cheap wide receivers this week like we did last week and so like Robert Woods might end up being a guy I can play a lot of um and then Damian Pierce also is kind of getting forgotten about um but there's no real reason for him to be forgotten about he's you know he's playing as a the home running back uh so yeah I think this is a game that I'm going to end up with some pieces of and I'll end up with some game stacks but I'll end up with some of these guys as like value value one-offs as well are you more likely to stack this from the car side or from the Stroud side it's tough because uh, Carr hasn't really looked that good. Um, I mean, I the also the issue with at... the also the issue with Carr is that Taysom Hill comes in and ruins everything. And also with, with Tank Dell out, I mean, I think that the the receiving core for the 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 Texans are a little bit a little bit more condensed. That playing, you know, I know he's dusty, but Robert Woods is only thirty eight hundred. Nico Collins is fifty six hundred. I mean, I don't, I don't mind doing a Stroud and those two plus Kamara as the run back type of type of thing. I mean, this is not a game that I'm targeting. It's not on my list, but I mean, 
for the prices, I can't. And you can always play Olave as a one-off. I mean, I mean, he could score, a, you know, a touchdown or two and a hundred plus yards. But I'm always concerned about you know Carr plus Thomas plus Olave or Shahid. Just that dude. And, and red zone comes on, and they're 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 on the twenty-two yard line, and where and then you see number seven behind center, and you go, why do I have De- why why do I have Derek Carr in my in my quarterback? Like, what's his ceiling if he? In a lot of pivotal situations, he comes out. Right. I think I'm more interested in Stroud as the quarterback, but I, this is maybe more of a game where I'll be overweight to secondary stacks than like I'm going to play the traditional like quarterback, two wide receivers, and a run back um, game. Right. It's like, so, but I will have a lot of like, I think I'll be over the field on this game. I don't know if it'll be in a traditional stack where I've got like five pieces from this game. Okay, you want to know one of the games that I'm targeting as of yeah. right now? Okay. It's uh it's a game that I think the range of outcomes for this game is very wide. It could be really bad, it could be really good. And it's primarily because you don't know what you're gonna get with both of these quarterbacks, and that's the commanders and the Falcons, Sam Howell and Desmond Ritter. Uh you got big play guys in this game, right? You got Bijan Robinson. I think his ownership is going to be fairly low at seventy two hundred, right? You got Kyle Pitts at thirty five hundred. You got Drake London at forty eight hundred. You could always play Desmond Ritter like that. Then on the Howell side, you got Logan Thomas at thirty five hundred, Terry McLaurin at fifty five hundred, John Dotson at forty seven hundred, Curtis Samuel at thirty seven hundred. Uh, these are two young. Bad quarterbacks, right? It can be very sloppy, but sloppy in a good way of like, you know, Falcons could score on any on any snap of the game. Of course, they're much more known for running the ball and slowing the game down because they just they just run so much. But if the commanders, you know, we we may see, we may see a type of game where there's like multiple turnovers and short fields that I wouldn't be shocked if this game went way over its 42 and a half total simply not because of three. Yeah. If it's three and out punt, three and out punt. Yeah. It's a horrible game. Right. But it's a Howell throws first play of the game. Howell throws an interception Falcons score commanders uh, get there's a 68 yard touchdown to Terry McLaurin. And now the Falcons get the ball back. Bijan Robinson runs for 42 yards. Like, like there, there are people in this game that are big play people. It's just getting the right game script in a Falcons game. We saw that last week. You get the right game script. The Falcons are very DFS friendly. People tend to shy away from it. I think, especially on this slate, even with the recency bias from last week, I think people are just going to be like, yeah, yeah, screw the Falcons, screw Falcons games. I can't trust Ritter. I can't trust Howell, but at these prices, and this ownership, I feel compelled to have it to, to, to take a shot on this. I was thinking about this game earlier. Um, and I my primary interest in like a correlation from this game is Bijan Robinson and the Falcons defense. Uh, because I I think Bijan and the Falcons defense might both be underowned. Um, and the commanders giving up a ton of sacks. Uh, like I feel like the commander's season, and it's tough because like they're my local team. So, you know, I see stuff in, you know, local news about um, how bad you know, they are. What, uh, what was that? 
how, you I, see how bad they really are. Yeah, exactly. And like uh, they might they might be a team that implodes. Like they've got new ownership. Like I think Ron Rivera might be on his way out as coach. Um, they got Eric Bieniemy as the offensive coordinator. Like the, if this team like implodes, it might be like, oh, okay, yeah, we're just gonna like have Eric Bieniemy be the coach next year or even this year. Uh, I mean, that's what they. Uh, you, truthfully, that's what they should do. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um. So, and that like, like Rivera is a holdover from the old old ownership group. So, uh, I mean, that's just total my like total wild speculation. But like, I could see this being a team that that kind of implodes. Like they they got like nothing out of their last their draft class this year, which I think was primarily on defense. Um, they can't play any of the guys. The the pass defense like is is not acceptable. Um, I. Like I think Atlanta, I'm way more interested in the Atlanta side here playing at home. And I, I do agree it's a game that could go over its total. They're in the dome. Um, and Atlanta's got like they're gonna constantly do these run plays, but when they when the run play goes for like 50 yards and, and scores a touchdown, then that's the way and, and they have the players that have that ability, right? Then that's the, suddenly this is a game that can go over its total. Um, I just don't know how interested I am in the Washington side in terms of creating a game stack. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. But you can see how messy the game could be. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, it but can like, be messy good. Me... It can be messy bad. I mean, but just yeah. understand you're taking the risk that a lot of times it's messy bad. Yeah, and I think you know, like Drake London is like is too good of a receiver to be so cheap, um, but he could also get no targets and no receptions, right? Like if the Falcons are like if the Falcons can just run the ball, they probably will. Uh, so like that. So you know, I, I in my one fifty set, I'll absolutely I'll have some Desmond Ritter, like Drake London, Kyle Pitts, kind of Johnny Smith or whatever kind of stacks, um, and some of those will have Washington like runbacks, maybe like a Curtis Samuel or, or Logan Thomas. Uh, but yeah, my primary interest in this game is is like a B. John Robinson Falcons defense stack. What's your interest in borrow stacks into ownership? Because we have Jamar Chase is one of the highest owned wide receivers, and Mixon is one of the highest owned running backs. Uh are you into a, are you into a borrow stack? Or are you or is a better way, a more different way to play Chase to play the Geno? On the other side, I mean, I don't have Geno coming up all that much in my runs. If anything, I would, you know, kind of play, you know, a Geno, Lockett, Fant type of type of lineup. But T. Higgins looks like he he may play this week. 
I know what we we I I we, I've talked about it on Wednesday with with TJ. Sometimes Higgins, we've seen Higgins be active and then not even play. Right? We've seen we last year I think Higgins was active, played three snaps, and that's it. Uh are you concerned? Recency bias, obviously, fifty five points last week. Uh, you know, squeaky wheel narrative. Uh, Mixon is not necessarily the most efficient runner. He'll touch the ball a lot, but a lot of times Mixon does not burn you by not playing him. Uh, Burrow is probably, I mean, we have Burrow as like the third highest owned quarterback. Do you think, do you think the Bengals stack is over-owned or do you think it's worth it? I think it could be over-owned. It's a scary fade, like as we saw last week. But I think just based off of last week, I think they'll be overowned. Um, and some of it does depend on like what we get out of it. Like, so that's part of the injury news on this slate. Like, is T Higgins gonna play? Uh, I actually, I, I hadn't really thought that much about Geno Smith, Jamar Chase stack. I mean, that is actually something that's interesting to me uh, because I think you'll you will see a lot of like Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, but like maybe that should just be Jamar Chase as a one off, and then anything else. Um, and so maybe I'd be interested. Like, yeah, actually, you kind of bring up a good point that if if Gino was connecting with his wide receivers, then that's probably like raising the ceiling on, on Jamar Chase. Uh, so maybe that's a better way to approach this game that's going to seem far less ownership. Um, and I do have some interest in like Kenneth Walker as well. He's like Walker is a guy that like I never want to play at, at high ownership. Like sometimes he ends up being the chalk running back. Um, and I'm not sure that's justified, but like he does have the ability to break a slate. Uh, as we've seen, like he can—he's a guy that can break off those long runs that nobody can can catch up to. Uh, so, yeah, maybe I mean maybe that's an interesting some interesting correlations in this game that are going to be not played as high as they should be because I think I do think Jamar Chase and Joe Mixon are really going to see pretty high ownership. Another game I want to talk about because I think the one of the quarterbacks is going maybe popular in cash games. I think one of the receivers may be popular in cash games. But I want to get your thoughts on the ceiling potential is the the Colts-Jaguars game. Uh, Richardson is going to be out for a while. Gardner Minshew is in. He's 5K. Uh, Josh Downs is 4,100. And we saw, we see his snaps are increasing. He's playing in the slot. He's obviously now playing with a quarterback that's much more likely to pass the ball than than rush the ball. So the the passing volume should go up. These, These Jaguars receivers... I mean, Jaguars have a 24 and a half implied team total, which is nothing to, you know, to, to, for this slate is is in the higher half. Do you think project mean projections would have you jamming in Minshew Downs singles? Maybe a Pittman, maybe a Granson in there. But when I run it with like ownership involved, I get more Lawrence stacks. Because the ceilings of guys like Ridley and Kirk and even Engram at tight end, Zay Jones, I mean, I know he's questionable. Like, I almost feel like the ceil- the, the floor is on the cult side, but the ceiling is, like, if this game shoots out, you'd you'd rather have the Jaguars than the Colts. Yeah, I think so. Um, I'm interested in this game. I, I'm surprised. I thought this game was seeing, like, a little bit higher ownership and it i think this game might be higher owned than we're like we're seeing with these numbers uh but i'll probably be at these numbers or a bit higher uh and then just you know i'll just see what ownership is but i think uh 
uh, Christian Kirk is really underpriced. And I think he's going to see some ownership. And actually, I kind of like Calvin Ridley uh, because I think Ridley is a guy that is maybe more likely to break a slate. And I think like Christian Kirk, Evan Ingram, and Eddie Ann are going to see the ownership. Uh, and like, what? yeah, what if it's a Calvin Ridley game? And I think, I think Zay Jones is still questionable, like still legitimately questionable. So we'll see how that shakes out as well. Because like if he misses the game, then I think that adds a little bit uh, you know, adds a little bit more interest to every piece on the, on the Jacksonville side. But yeah, I mean, I, I think you could play this game either way. I mean, um, Minshew is probably pretty cheap and he's probably not going to project that well. Like, I don't think he'll be that highly owned. Um, so yeah, I, I guess this, this is probably a game that like, if this game ends up being low owned, like then I'll end up being over the field on it. Uh, now we get to, you want to know my, my favorite game stack, my favorite stack. It may not be a game stack, but my favorite stack of the week compared to ownership. Uh, it's going to be that people may not like it, right? It's not, a, but the thing is, it's not a vomit stack. Okay. And that's the Las Vegas Raiders. Oh, that's uh, that <laughs> your reaction. Uh, you said it was not a vomit stack. <laughs> right, but it's the, only because of price. It can't be a vomit stack. Okay. Josh Jacobs is going to get ownership. I mean... The, the Raiders don't look good, but the Patriots look even worse, right? Uh, so Josh Jacobs is going to get, I mean, he may not be one of the higher own running backs, but probably probably be in the top five. He's 7K. Uh, Jimmy G plus Adams. I mean, the thing that I love about the Raiders, good, good or bad, is that you kind of know where the ball goes. Like, it's kind of like Jacobs, Adams, Myers, and... Okay, is there a need for anyone else? Adams is eighty one hundred. That that the ownership for Chase and Cup and Tyreek and all those guys like he's going to be you know eighty one hundred. People aren't going to pay for Devontae Adams. Fifty eight hundred for Myers. I mean, you got Kirk there. You got Marquise Brown in that range. Like I think Jacobs is going to be the highest owned out of this game. Uh all the Patriots receivers are cheap. Ramondre is fifty four hundred. I'm not saying to play Ramondre Stevenson. I'm not even saying to play the Patriots. It's just that it's quite possible this Patriots team, like Mac Jones, is so bad that he throws three. He gets benched by the half, and Zappy's in there. And the Ra- the Raiders, no matter how bad they've looked, like they just truck him for thirty plus points. And it just, who else does it go to other than these three guys? So. Why aren't they playing like Garoppolo, Adams, Myers, even with no bring back in at least some lineups? Because it's just like, I don't have to guess on this, this, this team. And they're playing at home as a favorite with a 22 implied total on a slate that many of these teams don't even have high totals. Am I, am I, am I convincing you, John? No, I mean, yeah, so it's, it's a, this, the, the Raiders always like end up in optimal lineups because they, like, they have a very concentrated offense. Like Josh Jacobs is like one of the true workhorse running backs left. Like Devontae Adams sees a ton of volume, and like Jacoby Myers is getting involved too. And it's basically those three. Uh, these teams have been such. Both teams have been such disappointments here, and I, there's there's a wide range of outcomes for this game. I agree. Uh, like maybe the Patriots don't look so bad, and if the Patriots don't look so bad, then maybe that pushes the Raiders a little bit. Um, I definitely like the Raiders side more. Like if, if I play a Patriot, it's probably going to be Ramondre Stevenson. Um, I, I, I can't really argue against playing guys from this game because 
like, yeah, if Josh Jacobs scored two touchdowns, like that kind of breaks the slate a little bit. You know, that's definitely within the realm of possibility. Devontae Adams gets like 12 receptions, 120 yards and a touchdown. Like definitely within the realm of possibility. I just don't feel great about anybody from this game. Um, I don't know. Jacobs would probably be my favorite from the Raiders side. We'll see. I, I think how much Josh Jacobs I own will be dependent a little bit on how much value we get at running back. Like I'd probably rather pay down for a value running back and spend up at wide receiver. But if we don't get that value from from the running back position, then Josh Jacobs is a fine choice <laughs> at running back. I want to point out, uh, if you're a premium member, you get our DFS optimal stacks tool for both DraftKings and FanDuel. Jamino has posted up the initial run already. So click on that link in the description. Get $10 off your first month. Combo premium, you get everything. Join our Discord, right? You don't get access to the premium channels, but you get access to most of the channels. So go to rotogrinders.com slash Discord. And the cover boy of the uh, the optimal stacks tool is a quarterback we have not talked about. And that's Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles, who have a 24 implied total. Uh, the the issue projection wise with the Eagles is that like Swift is going to get ownership. Like the running backs in this game may get ownership, but like the other pieces of this game from a mean standpoint are kind of overpriced. I mean, I sure AJ Brown has a ceiling. Sure, Devonta Smith, 7K is a ceiling. Sure, Garrett Wilson has a ceiling. Sure, Dallas Goddard at 4,800 has a ceiling, but, you know, Hertz is the most expensive quarterback on the slate on a low-scoring type of slate. And if you jam in, you know, Hertz plus Brown plus Wilson, I mean, your mean projection starts going down, down, down. But would you be shocked if the Eagles, I mean, I'm never shocked when the Eagles score 30-plus points. So according to the Optimal Stacks tool, how interested are you in uh, Jalen Hurts in, in this game? So we're showing Jalen Hurts with like, pretty good ownership, and I think it'll be a little bit less because like 24 points, I think, is their implied point total. Um, that's pretty low for the Eagles, and they're priced up as though it should be much higher. But like I agree, like this is I don't think they're gonna see a lot of ownership here. Like I think they're gonna see even less ownership than we're projecting. Um, but because of Jalen Hurts' price. But yeah, I mean, he's if he goes really low owned, I want to be over the field because you you see these games all the time where the team's got a lower implied point total. It's like not the best matchup for them, um, but like the Eagles can like kind of stomp anybody. Um, so I I I'm intru- I mean, I don't want to like go out of my way to pick up on the Jets defense. Uh, but if this game, like if Jalen Hurts is going to see like five percent ownership, like I want to be well over the field on that. I want to point out that if you're not only playing DFS, but you could also play props and pick them, right? Pick them is like prize picks, underdog, obviously props on the, the, the regular regulated legal sports books like DraftKings, FanDuel, BetMGM, Caesars, wherever you get. Remember, line shop. Go to scoresandodds.com. Make sure you get, if you're going to take a prop, get the best number, get the best price. But we do have a props and pick them package here that if you're a premium member, you get this. Right. But if you just want the props and pick them stuff, we have a separate smaller package just for you. And we have all of our analysts, many of our analysts that post their their bets, their plays, their pick their stuff like that uh, here throughout the course of the week. Obviously, you want to get the best number, get the best price. 
The other thing we have is that our remember we do DFS projections, right? The one one thing about prop betting that people, if you just play DFS, you don't understand is that like when you have DFS projections, you have prop projections. You have we have statistical projections available in numerous sports here at Roto Grinders. So you could sign up for Roto Grinders Premium, dude, John. The, on 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 Wednesday, I played I played a prize picks card for college football. The games were like UTEP versus Eastern Tennessee and Sam Houston versus like I don't know who these people are. And I just looked at our projections that day, and I found I found four that were significantly you know minus one twenty or better. And then I paired that with like Isaiah Pacheco under under for the. Thursday night game, five for five, right? I do that in NHL. The NHL just started. I just go to our projections for NHL in the middle of the day, and I just hammer hammer anything out that shows an edge. And we have we, we have the scores and idle prop model top twenty, and you could go here. You always look at the time. One thing we, I like is that we always have timestamps on when things are posted, when things are updated. But you could go to NHL, NBA, MLB, PGA. And based on our Roto Grinders projections, you could see, you know, what the line is at a certain book, right? What our win percentage is based on that range of outcomes. And you could go and say, oh, okay, based on these projections, that that should be a positive edge, positive EV wager. And another thing you could do if you're a little bit more advanced, you could go to any of our projection tables and download it as a CSV. So I bring in all these projections that we have the blitz projections with Cardi, the bat projections that, that he has. I bring them into Excel and I could I could look at stuff that way. I could aggregate multiple projections together and then compare them to the compare them to the sports books, compare them to the prize picks and underdog. And like like dude, it's truthfully, John, it's better than cash games. Yeah. No, that was like one of the nicest surprises when Virginia legalized sports betting. Because I, I was never really into sports betting before that. Uh, and, you know, I thought like, well, if you want to, and I started, you know, researching it. It's like, oh, if you really want to beat sports betting, you've got to have these like advanced statistical models. Like, oh, that sounds like a lot of work. Right. And then I started downloading my projections for DFS. It's like, oh, wait a second. I have like advanced statistical models like right here <laughs> that, I, that I can use. And I'll say like, yeah, you can see sometimes, there's a, you know, it's a, sizable difference between the projections and the sports book, you know, lines or the player props or whatever. But those those differences don't always last long because oftentimes the, you know, the sports book player prop ends up, you know, creeping up or creeping down to meet the uh the you know advanced statistical projections. So uh so I mean, right, because other people have similar projections or they're looking at this are they're also looking at very similar stuff. So understand that DFS and, and prop betting and pick them betting and pick them and projecting or whatever you want to call it. Uh, that's something that you do earlier. And DFS is something you do later. And many people kind of do it the opposite way. They go, I'm going to wake up in the morning and think about my DFS lineups. And then when 630 comes around for an NBA slate, or NBA is a little bit different because of all the injury stuff, but let's say NHL or college football or NF there it's Sunday morning at 11 AM. And they're like, Oh, Oh, now, now, like, what props do you like? It's like, dude, there's nothing, there's nothing worth taking. You should have taken this on Tuesday or Wednesday. It's like, no, when you wake up in the morning, the first thing you should be thinking about is, 
Let me take a look at the sports books. Let me take a look at prize picks. Let me take a look at underdog. Let me compare these initial projections to that. You don't have to do, there's no strategy. There's no ownership. There's just, is that, here's the number. What's the range of outcomes? What's the distribution? What's the median? We have all the projections. Oh, okay. This looks like a positive EV bet. Take it. And then you're done. Like there's no, there's no, like you have to edit your lineups or anything. And then once it gets to five, six o'clock and it's MLB or NBA, that's when you're doing your DFS lineups, right? It's It's kind of the opposite. Yeah, I, I agree with that 100%. And like we were even talking about the Chicago-Minnesota total, like dropping like four or five points or whatever. Like that's a huge drop. Like weather is something you can get, you know, some kind of advanced, you know, insight into and then place your bets accordingly. Like that is, that's a big drop for a game. Um, and I think a lot of that is is due to weather. So that's, you know, something to keep in mind as well. If you can get good uh, weather forecasts, which we have, um, then something to, something you can place some bets on. Right. We also have, you see uh, the flashing on the, the banner, Fantasy Sync. So it's like scores and odds in the Action Network. You could you could sync your prize picks account, your underdog account. You could sync your, your sportsbook accounts because one of, one of, hey, just like Score Patrol, we do in DFS. We always track our results, right? We're always looking, you know, what are we good at? What are we not good at? Where are our weaknesses? What field sizes? What, what uh, you know, uh, entry points and everything like that. That's one thing you definitely want to do with props and pick them and track it over a long, a long period of time. Like NHL just started. I'm not like, I'm not weeding through my, the past two and a half days of NHL props, but like after a month, I will go through and go, yeah, it seems like, like I'm, I'm it's the, the, the shots on goal unders are not as attractive as they seem to be. So I'm going to kind of lower it. But the ones that the over points ones seem to be much more off. So I'd be much more inclined to look at those markets versus others. So you can kind of glean stuff just like you could in DFS, right? When when you look at something like Roto Tracker, right? You could see it's like, oh, here's my past year of NBA play. Like, where have I done well and where have I not? And where are the edges? Yeah, I think that's actually huge. That should maybe be the start of the show or what, you know, or not not the end, but like tracking your results and like figuring out where you have a sustained edge is gigantic because that like getting that sustained edge, even if it's not necessarily like in in super high upside contests, like once you start like building bankroll on on, you know, contests, whether it's, you know, DFS contests, you know, certain kinds of uh, sports betting or player prop betting or whatever. Uh, once you start like building the bankroll that way, then suddenly you have the funds to like be entering these super high top heavy, like millionaire maker contests uh, where you might have an edge, but it just takes you a lot longer to realize it. Uh, you know, like build, like tracking your results, figuring out where you have an edge is actually like, absolutely critical to everything that we do and talk about. So John, you have a solo ship coming out later today. What, and you have uh you'll be on crunch time tomorrow for MMA. Yeah, as well. We got an M- we got an MMA card. You'll also have your. I love the, I love the graphic. The hitting hitting the nuts. <laughs> I, I, I I like. You can't tell, but those nuts in your glass have been photoshopped in. Yeah, it it took me weeks to realize that. Like, oh, there's like pistachios or something in my champagne glass. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that's a brilliant like little touch by the by the marketing team. I don't know if squirrels actually eat pistachios or whatever is in that glass, but it's okay. The, the whole squirrel patrol thing was actually named after my dogs anyway, so it's fine. 
like squirrel is not even the symbol, but that's fine. It's all all has come together with a photoshopped picture of me with a champagne glass with a bunch of pistachios in it. Um, yeah, it works. And you'll also be you're also on the Sunday block at uh, around eleven a.m. Right, we do a whole like three and a half hour block of uh, of shows, free shows here on YouTube uh, for the the Sunday morning. And you and Eric uh, come on in the middle. It's typically you know Dean and the gang early. Then you and Eric talk about tournament stuff in the middle, and then we got crunch time uh, half an hour before lock. So uh, people should de- when they do wake up in the morning and start building their DFS lineups. They should definitely tune in to uh, you and Eric talk about uh, Galaxy branding yourself after out of not playing just all Dolphin stacks. Yeah, yeah, it is like, one of my favorite shows. Like, because Eric and I just got done. We used to do a show like back in the day, um, you know, on like live qualifiers. But it is we you know just kind of sit there and talk about like ways to get off of the the chalk for better or for worse, um, you know. And sometimes, but sometimes it really works out. So. Uh, yeah, I love that 11 a.m. show, and we and it, it goes nicely to like 12:15, and then you have like kind of the the crunch time, like breaking news team that gets on and leads you right into lock. So you could you could check that out here on the YouTube channel. Subscribe if you're new here. Hit that notification bell. You'll always know when we go live, right? We'll have NBA stuff coming back, right? We got still have MLB playoffs. We got college. We got college football content coming out. MMA Ground and Pound podcast for the premium. Members, we got all the tools, all the data, right? You get lineup HQ, you get the player projections, the ownership, you get all the stack tools and everything. So click on that link in the description, get $10 off your first month. Join us in the Discord. Uh, that's free, except for my channel. You have to be a premium member. Rotogrinders.com slash Discord. Send in your questions to the show. Anything about DFS strategy, props, pick them, anything. Questions at theoryofdfs.com. They go directly to me and I answer them here because that's what I do. 11 o'clock Eastern Monday through Friday. Everything you're thinking about when it comes to daily fantasy, props, and pick them on Roto Grinders today.